Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the princess of pro wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. This is Holiday. This is Steve Young. E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. Welcome to episode 51 of the whole Reffin' Show. That's right. It's the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Welcome, dear listeners. I am Darren Beasley. And I am Perry Smith. And we're so stoked to have you here today. We're stoked to bring you episode numero dos since we have become a bi-coastal wrestling podcast that's right, coming to you from the Pacific and the Atlantic. Hey, this land is your land. This land is my land. This land was made for you and for me and for all of you, dear listeners. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Hopefully you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you're getting us. And uh, hopefully you. this is the 51st time you've done it. We hope you've been listening since the beginning. If you haven't, guess what? You can go back and download the old ones. Yeah. Hear about what we had to say about last year's Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah, hey, you definitely want to do that. You definitely, well, definitely do that, Well, on today's yeah. episode, Perry and dear listeners, we have a lot to talk about. We got uh, Mick Foley. Even though he's not wrestling, he's still getting surgeries. We've got uh, Kenny Omega. He unfortunately uh, he uh, is also injured, not facing surgery, I don't think. But uh, there's a, a nagging injury that's not so good for the the cleaner of the Bullet Club. <laughs> a nagging injury? You mean his wife? <laughs> please, please, <laughs> a kid, a kid. Oh, take Kenny Omega's wife, please take her. <laughs> and also, this week we're gonna tell you the latest on sick. Star, that's right. She wants to shoot on everybody, so we're gonna shoot right back. It's a shootout Ooh. at the uh, Triple Mania Corral. But after that, we are going to tackle round one of the May Young Classic. That's right, from Full Sail University, the WWE put on a 32 woman tournament. Purporting that these were the 32 top women in the world, I guess, that are not under contract. They don't make it very clear what's actually going on because there are women that are clearly under WWE contract, women that were signed freshly for this, and then, of course, women who are not under contract at all and probably won't be. Um, But they don't really make it clear. Uh, Regardless... It's a 32-woman tournament, and we, on this week's show, are going to discuss the first round, the round of 32. And then next week, we're going to come to you with the later rounds up to and including 
the tournament final. But before we can bring any of this to you, I think it's time that we uh, cover those headlines. So quite a bit of news going on in the wrestling world. Uh, a lot of uh, news involving people's knees. You need the knees, Darren. You need them you need like dough. You need to have them, and you have knees. Well, you got no one to hold them, and no one to fold them. Yeah. And you need to know when to walk away, and... Uh... No when to run. Right. And, and some of these guys, they couldn't walk away and they couldn't run because their knees were, were bothering them. We'll start with Kenny Omega, uh, who suffered a knee injury recently. Um, bad enough that he's actually been pulled from the uh, the next few New Japan shows, uh, which is unfortunate that for you. That is correct. Yeah. Unfortunate yeah, for all you New Japan fans. It's causing a lot, of, uh, a lot of stink, a lot of disappointment among the Japanese fans. However, we're only a week or two away from Kenny Omega supposedly defending his IWGP United States title against Juice Robinson. So we'll see if his knee injury has cleared up by then. Um, I don't think he's going to be facing any surgery or anything, so hopefully this time off will allow him some rest and rehabilitation so he can come back sooner than later. Right, but even even half Kenny Omega is still is still a sight to see. So, and and, oh. and so way way better than Juice Robinson. Take that, Juice Robinson. Um, oh come on, he's a nice guy. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> so Kenny Omega, hopefully uh, on the shelf uh, for not too long. Uh, like as as you just said, he will be defending his um, uh, U.S. title in the very near future, and uh, someone who's going to be up and around sooner than later, Mick Foley who actually recently had his right knee replaced. Yeah, he and he just had surgery not too long ago. I believe it was on his hip. I think it was a so, hip. Yeah, yeah he, he <laughs> he's more machine now than man. Yeah, he's become the bionic man. Um, we might get another Hell in a Cell match with him if they keep rebuilding him. I mean, you know... They're, they make, they're making him better and stronger. They have the technology. <laughs> Between DDP Yoga and these uh, surgeons uh, giving him new bones. N- new bones, Lieutenant Dan! New bones! Um, uh, new new <laughs> legs, for the most part. New new mid-legs. But anyway, um, so yeah, McFoley, uh, obviously, it's like he's... I don't know when he's going to be cleared to wrestle, because it, he doesn't wrestle anymore, but nonetheless, obviously, McFoley is who he is, and uh, all those years of falling off of things and getting hit with stuff, it did take its toll on old McFoley. So, but nice to see yeah. him move around without a limp. Watching him walk, like, hurts me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, like, everybody thinks about those wicked bumps that he took uh, off the, you know, off the cage from Hell in a Cell, through the cage, Hell in a Cell, and, and stuff like that. But I think back to the first time, I mean, to the first time that he was doing Cactus Jack down in Atlanta and in WCW – and they kept throwing him off the ring apron to the floor, and he would land on his knees on the concrete. And I'm like, that's not good for a 290-pound man to <laughs> land on his knees on concrete over and over. Yeah. Like, I don't care how good a shape you're in, how young you are, and how much you enjoy pain. That is not going to end well. And, and clearly... 
it has not ended well for Mick Foley. No, absolutely. Actually, I was just watching, and by just, I mean like last night, watching some old Clash of the Champions from like 1992, where he's having this long feud with Van Hammer. Um, you of know, course, of course of, he of is. Of course, and, and Abdullah Butcher still gets involved, but anyway. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> but even then, like, you know, falling off the, the ring ramp, which actually back in those days actually led to the ring. Like it went, it was the same height, same level as the ring, which I, I missed, by the way. Um, I love that. Love that. That's definitely one thing Paul Heyman took with him to ECW was, uh, I want the I want the entrance to the ramp to, to meet with the <laughs> ring. Um, and uh, he did that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, just seeing him take dives and just falling down on the concrete and just years and years and years of that. So, yeah, so Mick Foley getting some much-needed uh, uh, knee replacement there. And who knows what else he's going to get replaced? I mean, surgery like that is addictive. Once you get one thing fixed, it's like, well, while I'm at it, I might as well get everything fixed. So, Well, you know, hey, Mick, you did it. <laughs> you did it, Mick. You succeeded. You, you succeeded. Um, so yeah, obviously Mick Foley, uh, now retired, uh, from wrestling, but someone who was not supposed to retire anytime soon from wrestling, uh, announced her retirement. Uh, do we, do we know that for sure? Her definite retirement? Yeah. Uh, we don't know. We don't know for sure, but she's definitely staring down the barrel. Right. And we're of course talking about sexy star, uh, sexy star under a lot of fire right now due to her match against Rosemary. Uh, at Triple Mania for the Rena de Rinas uh, Championship. Um, Sexy Star fighting Rosemary. It seemed like a pretty typical match until Sexy Star put Rosemary into an armbar um, and basically did a shoot, as in, like, tried to literally break Rosemary's arm in the ring. Uh, Sexy Star does win the match. But she certainly, uh, you know, it, it kind of word got out pretty quick that she took the liberties with Rosemary and tried to break her arm and tried to permanently injure, you know, or temporarily injure uh, Rosemary. And it uh, did not sit well with the locker room and it did not sit well with the wrestling Twitterverse who immediately jumped to Rosemary's defense. Well, you know, as they would do, um, that would only make sense. And. The thing is, not only is that never okay to take liberties with someone, that's the entire point of the professional wrestling business. That's what makes it a work. That's what makes it successful is trust. Trust obviously abused by Sexy Star here. Not only that, but Rosemary doesn't even work in Mexico. And she probably never will again. No, and I don't blame her. And if I were her, I would not only, I mean, I would want a formal apology from sexy star. I'd want an apology, um, you know, from the organization and I'd want an apology or at least a bonus check, some hazard pay from GFW. You know, if Anthem hasn't completely pulled the plug yet, hopefully they'll write her a check that says, sorry. Yeah. GFW doesn't have any money, Darren. They don't have any money left. Um, <laughs> no, but I, hey, I, I'm, I totally Rosemary, agree. I'm Rosemary. I'm getting out while the getting's good. Um, I, I don't blame her for being upset at all. And I don't blame everyone for being upset. GFW, who is kind enough to enter into this talent, you know, talent exchange, kind of beef up what triple mania is all about, you know, and I understand that, but then to have one of their workers taken advantage of, I mean, it's just not cool. So, in light of all this, Sexy Star has 
uh, I guess said she is leaning toward retiring from pro wrestling. I'm focusing either on MMA or on boxing, both of which she has competed in before. And I don't think they'll let her wear her mask uh, inside of a uh, inside of an octagon or a boxing ring. What do you think? Uh, probably not. But it's it's also worth mentioning that uh, probably due to the uh, backlash from the incident. A sexy star has vacated her title that she won uh, in the match against Rosemary. Um, right. So I mean, it was all it was all just for for nothing. So, and uh, even sexy star has said like you know it's that, like no one wants to hear my side of the story. That's not how it happened and all that stuff. But I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with the videotape and uh, you know <laughs> when someone has the arm injury following the match. Well, how'd you get it? Well. <laughs> sexy star put me in an arm submission and try to break yeah, my arm. Exactly. So that whole situation is pretty rough. But um, it was the first time that those two had ever wrestled each other. Uh, it was an odd situation. But you know what? I know about 32 ladies that uh, <laughs> made, a, made, a, made a pretty good match with someone that they either did not know or did not speak the language of. And that would be the very professional women who were involved in the May Young Classic, which WWE held uh, over the series of a couple of months. Uh, there was a big separation between uh, the first half and the second half. I, we, it was happening, and people were like, why aren't you talking about May Young Classic? And it's like, because we want to do the whole thing. It's not over yet. Uh, I, I did not like that big gap of them doing the first round, and literally over a month later, uh, you know, the second round started taking place, so... Yeah, I didn't understand it either. Not only did I not like it, there was nothing that they explained in the doing so that led me to believe there was a good reason. Like, that, there was that big slow period in the summer for WWE. When this actually took place, why didn't it air then? Why did they wait and try and tie it up in the SummerSlam weekend and then the following weekend with the McGregor Mayweather stuff, when there's so much going on in combat sports, including WWE's second biggest show of the year, right. it's like trying to piggyback it or whatever is not a good idea because that you, you've reached the saturation point for the week or for the two-week period. Put this out in July when it actually was taped. And, and I think you'd have a lot more interest. And I'm not saying there wasn't keen interest in this, because there was. I just think it would have been even better and bigger had it happened in July when it actually happened. Yeah. But yeah, we're now we're talking about something that only aired a week or so ago, but was actually taped like six weeks ago. Right, absolutely. Um, and it was it was odd because... It happened. People who were there, there were spoilers everywhere about who you know who went on to the next round, um, which I tried to avoid, but to no avail. Um, and um, <laughs> also, like, all, all the women that took place in the Mae Young Classic, they're all obviously very proud of doing it, and they're happy, especially the ones who are not already signed with WWE. They're all saying, I did this thing, check this thing out, don't forget to watch it. And it's like, I can't for a month. Like, stop talking about it. Stop reminding me I can't watch this for an entire month. Like, wait until, well, like, two see, weeks before. Well, exactly, because that was why we didn't want to report on it, because, sure, we could have read off the results on this show, but we couldn't have talked about it because there was no way to watch it. Right. We, we didn't experience it. I want to experience it. Yeah. 
Well, exactly. Unfortunately, we were not able to attend live, and uh, therefore we had no opportunity to see it until just the other day. Right, absolutely. So without further ado, our review of the May Young Classic Round 1. So the May Young Classic did take place at Full Sail in Orlando, Florida, uh, where they typically have uh, matches of this uh, say caliber. The CWC itself took place at Full Sail. NXT tapings take place at Full Sail. They know they got a pretty solid uh, wrestling fan base at the good old uh, Full Sail. Oh, absolutely. This is, uh, just like in the CWC, this is the right environment for this. This is exactly where it needs to be. And the presentation with the blacked out crowd, I like having the, the smart mark crowd, very, very helpful. It had a cool tone without having to make everything purple like CWC did. Right, <laughs> right. So it was like, this is a fucking Prince concert or what? Um, there's so much purple in CWC. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, I, I thought it was presented very, very well, um, and it it didn't seem it didn't seem like anything. Even though it, it, it itself is a special thing, it didn't seem like it, it went out of their way. Like, like, like this is especially special. If that makes any sense, like it was like no, these know, are just these are women trying, wrestling. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, but it it didn't beat you over the head with it but it still was a unique presentation that's what i'm trying to say yeah exactly thank you but uh, a few other things i think that the the entrance music overall was very good like for every individual person like for everybody not for everybody but you know right. overall overall it was very good there were some songs i'd heard before some Obviously, that I hadn't heard before because I'd never seen the women wrestle before. Right. But overall, like, it was good. It, was, it reminded me of, like, NXT, where m the music uh, is more often better than it is poor. Well, it's, it's hard not to compare this to NXT because all these people we've seen wrestle at house shows in NXT are, are a lot of these people sure. we've seen. Um, a lot but also, of them. Also, oh, yeah, it's, a lot of them, for sure. Right, and also it's at full sale, which is also right. where they film NXT. So it does kind of feel a little NXT-y to me. Oh, for sure. Uh, in addition to you know the crowd being a very smart Mark crowd, it was also a very heavy on Fest family. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Tons of familiar faces from Fest Wrestling in Gainesville. I was like, hey, I know that person, and I know that person. Yeah, I know and, that Fest well, Wrestling t-shirt, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Or I don't know that person, but they are wearing a fest wrestling shirt. Yeah, I saw a Sue Young T-shirt, uh, like first or second row. So that was really uh, cool. fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, who who should have been involved? By the way, a little let down that Sue Young was not involved Man, in the May Young why Classic. Would not have Sue Young in this tournament, especially someone who just has that different look. You know, I mean, exactly. these ladies, as great as ladies are, some of them are kind of like if you. Had her stand next to her, you wouldn't know the difference between the two. So whenever yeah. you have someone who just stands out like that, I think that's definitely a good thing. Not to say I, that these weren't great, uh, you know, individuals. Uh, a lot of them had very good looks and very, you know, different looks. Yeah, like, uh, I will say the uniqueness of the matchups was impressive. Like, I really liked all of the first round matchups. It doesn't mean everyone resulted in like a five-star match. But they were good matchups, and and they and most of them made sense. Like veterans versus veterans, rookies versus rookies, um, you know, 
big girls versus other big girls. And it was like, you know, and then, you know, there were exceptions to those things, but for the most part, like all the matchups were really smart. Like whoever took these 32 girls and, and then paired them off did an excellent job overall. I was really impressed with that. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's interesting when someone books something like this with 32 people that they aren't used to booking, you know, I mean, right. I guess they can watch some tapes and 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 hopefully know what some of these people are about and kind of figure it out. But at that that watching this, I was kind of like, it blew my mind. Like someone had to book this. Like that. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely a lot of people from a lot of different places. Uh, we'll start with the very first match. It's a good place to start. Uh, where we saw Scotland's Kaylee Ray take on Mexico's Princesa Suhey. Yeah, Princessa Suhey, a 16-year veteran. She had to be one of the older women uh, in this tournament. There were a lot of people that they uh, gave a lot of uh, a lot of veteran status to, but 16 years of vet, you know, she's definitely seen a lot down in CMLL, the organization from which she hails. Yeah, it was cool for them to mention CMLL. Um, I thought that was actually interesting to hear. The first time I ever heard that, I think, on WWE Network. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, not, uh, not, I haven't heard it in a very long time. Okay, well, there's that. But yeah, back to the 16-year veteran thing, you, you got to be careful with that because you don't want to date these people. Like, whenever they say, like, they've been doing this for 20 years, it's like, oh, old. You know what I mean? So right. you, no. you do have to be careful when you say someone's a veteran. It's like, oh, they're old. You know what I mean? Right. No, you definitely have to be careful with that. Kaylee Ray, they really didn't say much about. They kept saying Daredevil. She's a Daredevil and all that sort of thing. And I really liked her, fa- like her face. Like she, she, she said a lot with her face. You know, she hails from Scotland. She had a great accent. Um, I, I wrote down in my notes here, uh, like, oh wow, they're showing footage from Shimmer because I thought you know that was going to be a rarity, but in fact there was a lot of footage shown from shimmer because a great deal of these women have competed there at one time or another so uh i will say um what i ended up after watching 16 matches here in the first round the one thing i took away was i think they showed every single one of the competitors beating up ruby Riot. i was gonna say that same exact thing yes yes <laughs> i was like you see ruby Riot get beaten up by each and every one of these competitors because that's all the footage that they have. Um, I'm, like, I'm glad you noticed that also. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Poor Ruby. Poor Ruby. Um, the match itself, we though. We love you, Ruby. We love you, Ruby. The match itself, though. Uh, there were some pretty good spots in the match. For the most part, though, I think there was a, a miscommunication, maybe. These two, th- their styles just didn't mesh well together. There were some sloppy setups and sloppy spots. It's not the best way to start this whole thing. Um, unfortunately, it is one of the uh, very few matches that didn't quite do it for me. Uh, but in the end, uh, the Luchador, uh, Luchadora, I should say, makes Kaylee Ray tap out to an armbar, which I thought was interesting because it was not very, it's not very Lucha, the armbar, but I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I was kind of like, that's all? Armbar? Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, Princess Suhei does go by over. the submissions here. Oh, absolutely. I, I was too. Not just here, but through, I mean, like here at the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe because Ronda Rousey and crew were in the house. Maybe that was it. Um. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> yeah. The four horsewomen of MMA. And on to the second match, we have Vanessa Bourne versus Serena Deeb. 
So this is a couple of American girls taking on one another. Vanessa Bourne, a former Phoenix Suns dancer, Arizona Cardinals cheerleader. And uh, Vanessa Bourne, I said, would make an excellent typhoid Mary from Marvel Comics if they ever decide they need her maybe on Netflix's Daredevil Season 3. I don't know. She's got the the mesh in her outfit. She's got the wild hair. I can see that. I can definitely see that. She'd be perfect. And she's taking on Serena Deeb. Uh, former FCW standout who made it to the main roster of WWE once upon a time. Dear listeners may remember she was part of the Straight Edge Society, led by CM Punk, also with Luke Gallows. Um, They told the story of basically, uh, you know, the ironic story of while she was on television portraying a full-blown member of the Straight Edge Society, she had actually become an alcoholic, a severe alcoholic, and uh, alcohol dependency that pretty much ruined her career and cost her her job in WWE. But um, in the ensuing years since she was fired, she has gotten herself clean, and hey, she's back. And she and her hair, she grew her hair back. <laughs> no, longer, no longer bald. Um, and uh, she looks to be in great shape. Like, um, obviously, she got herself clean and sober. That's good. But physically fit, really toned, like, comes back with a vengeance here. They mentioned that she was doing a bunch of yoga. And then Jim Ross even says, I don't know if it's DDP yoga, because it's like, because most people yeah. say yoga, and they mean DDP yoga. But, uh, yeah, apparently she does a lot of yoga now. But, yeah, Vanessa Bourne, we've seen at a couple of uh, NXT house shows. Uh, so we, we've seen her around, and I, I liked her then. I, I like her now. Um, the, the match itself is it's okay. Um, there's not a whole lot to say about the match. It ultimately does end with uh, Serena Deeb hitting a spear on Vanessa Bourne and uh, putting her away. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's weird to see a spear from a, a, a woman. I, I don't know. Did you get that at all? Because <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I guess. I don't. I don't know that I thought it was weird. I thought it was good. Yeah, okay. like I really thought it was a, a solid spear, like a, a believable tackle. Right. Because, I mean, I, 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 I say that because, like, small wrestlers, like small guy wrestlers don't even do a spear. Like, big guy wrestlers do a spear. You know what I mean? So, like, no, for, for a woman to do a spear, it's just kind of like, I'm sure that would, like, hurt you and, like, knock the wind out of you. So it makes sense, but it's just offense that I didn't see coming. Yeah, I don't know that I didn't see it coming. I just, I, I, I was impressed by it. I thought it was pretty good. That was good. Uh, that was good. Yeah. So Vanessa Bourne, the Samoan, who had healed it up pretty good, definitely healing it up. She uh, she finds herself on her back for the one, two, three, as Serena Deeb moves on. She advances in the May Young Classic. Next match would see uh, former MMA standout Shayna Baszler take on Zeta, another uh, NXT uh, Performance Center <laughs> lady who's been around for a little bit. Uh, yeah, we actually, we've seen Zeta. Yeah, we've seen Zeta. I know we saw her in Jacksonville. Well, she's she's Chinese. She is representing China in this tournament. Shayna Baszler representing the good old U.S. of A. Zeta, they didn't really say too much about her. They mentioned that she had a judo background. And then they kind of didn't stop saying what a terrible personal life she had. Right. They never specified... But Jr. and Lita just were like, boy, she had a rough life. And I kind of was left going, wow, what happened? Like, pitying her. And it's like, <laughs> I, I just, 
I think they pushed it a little too hard, maybe. Well, it mentions in the, the, the little the packet before the match that she'd been bullied a lot when she was a kid. That's why she did Yeah, but it's like, you know, she's clearly not a kid anymore. Right. And so they just, they made it sound like, I don't know, perhaps maybe more than it was. Right. And I don't mean to discount childhood bullying, but they, but Lita and Jim Ross definitely made it sound like, I don't, like, I don't know, like she's severely abused every day of her adult life. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, 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 what's interesting about this is that they talk about Zeta being uh, bullied and like, obviously they're like, Hey, there's no room for bullies here at WWE. But, uh, but Baszler here is kind of bully esque. And they even yeah. go as far as saying that she's she's sort of a bully, and then she goes over on Zeta. So it's like, no, the bullies won, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> that was a I bad really pairing. Enjoyed, that was a bad I, pairing. Yeah, I really enjoyed Jim Ross and Lita's commentary for this. I'd heard some criticism online, but I enjoyed it. So to me, it was refreshing to hear a woman's voice on commentary. Um, I liked it. I definitely thought it was a plus. Hear a female voice on commentary is very different. Um, it was still like clean and sharp because it's WWE produced. But I, I don't know. I liked it. What do you think? Uh, Lita, I think, was maybe a little nervous um, doing the commentary. And sometimes I think she forgot that she was supposed to say things. Um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes she had some things to say. Sometimes she would say something and have to stop and repeat herself because... It just wasn't coming out right, and she's she's done that before on the pre-shows. Like I, I've noticed, that's kind of what Lita does uh, in general. Like I like Lita, I'm fine with Lita, but I don't know. Like uh, as a commentator, I'm not. You know, maybe maybe a few more matches and she'll she'll get there, but I'm not quite with her yet. Yeah, well, I I liked it. I liked it. Jim Ross, I liked it better than his New Japan commentary, even though he clearly also didn't know anything about these women the same way that he doesn't know anything about the Japanese superstars of New Japan, he did a better job of pretending to or acknowledging that he didn't. He wasn't just sitting there lying. Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. Um, does Baszler remind you of anyone? Um, uh, I don't know. Does she no. look like a really buff version of Bailey? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe, yeah, I can kind of see that. They're gonna have to be careful with that. She looks a lot. She looks a little Bailey esque. Um, Bailey before she puts her makeup on in the morning. Yeah, there you go. Which uh, take that, Baszler, I guess. Um, Zayda does though. Tap- I, I didn't say anything bad. Just said she's not wearing makeup. That's <laughs> what I said. Zayda does tap to a chokehold because uh, Baszler has a lot of MMA offense in this match, and Zayda just can't can't keep up because she's. She's just not tough enough to take on base with this MMA lady. She does She does employ a lot of her own submission maneuvers, though. Like, this is a submission battle. Yeah, it is. Now, the one weird thing that JR said during this match is, I don't even remember what he was talking about now, but he said, you don't have to be a valedictorian of Sherlock Holmes school. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, what? What? Oh, like, are, is that saying you don't have to be a detective? Because there is not a Sherlock Holmes school that you know of and, that I know of, and you don't have to be the valedictorian of, or you could just say you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes. I think like, he, I, I think know. he mixed two things together. 
I think no, he, he was, definitely did. Yeah. He started saying valedictorian and then was like, how do I finish this sentence? I've got it. I'll, I'll, I'll make no one question what I'm singing. Um, oh, he's catch as catch can. <laughs> surely Jim Ross has said dumber things on commentary. Um, he, he once said he's bleeding like a horse. He, he did. That, that, is, that is accurate, folks. Uh, moving on to the main event. <laughs> Moving on to the main events of the first episode. It's interesting how they had these things broken up in episodes. Uh, but it is Abby Lath, formerly Kimberly, uh, taking on Jazzy Gobbert, uh, the German who I've described as a female Ivan Drago. Um, accurate, accurate. Very accurate. She is just a monster with muscle. And uh, she's got that really awesome uh, haircut where it's just like the mohawk up top, and like she's oh yeah, she's she's definitely going to be something in the future for sure. I certainly hope she is. Uh, she's not from the Soviet Union, however. Uh, well, first of all, because there is no more Soviet Union. Well, that's and a good secondly, reason, yeah, because she is from Germany, right? <laughs> Kimberly, aka Abby Lath, as she is now called, is of course representing the United States uh, in this matchup. Yes, she is. And uh, I thought it was great that right away, uh, when they have like the they shake hands before the match begins, um, Jazzy and Abby shake hands, but then Jazzy like pulls Abby close to her and like yeah. stares her down. It's like, oh no, run, Abby Lath, run. This was a killer match. This it was, was really good, good. Yeah. And Abby finds herself completely dominated by Jazzy for most of the match. Uh, they kind of the commentary follows that line of thinking too. Like, yep, it's, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be Jazzy Gabbert beating up Abby Lath and then winning. But no, Abby Lath ends up winning the match. Yeah, so after being dominated for most of the match, she ends up pulling up that roll-up pin called the Alligator Clutch. Which, of course, once she did it, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. I and there's a story to tell here because that was. May Young's finisher. Ah, there it is. There, and there you so, go. Abby Lath is using uh, the hand, uh, you know, handed down finisher from May Young, the alligator clutch, to uh, to roll up Jazzy Gabbert and get the win. Yeah, uh, Abby Lath is uh, deceptively agile. I will say, yeah, because yeah, she she, she's not a big girl, but she's definitely not a thin girl. Um, but she, she was, a she was a, a ballet dancer for many years and she could, she could do splits like no one's business. She pulls out a swanton on, um, on Jazzy. Um, yeah. so I mean, it is, it is a super good match though. And I, I can't wait to watch both of these girls in the future for sure, but you will not be seeing Jazzy in the May Young classic anymore. Abby, however, will go on. Yeah, it was nice to see a hug between the two afterward. You know, you didn't see a whole lot of that. Um, but, but yeah, Jazzy pulls in Abby Lath for the hug after the match. Just a nice show of respect, I guess. Now, I was thinking, like, Jazzy's got to destroy her. Jazzy's got to destroy her after she got pinned. <laughs> but I, I, did, I did like the handshake. That was that was nice. It was it was fine, but I, I wanted to see Jazzy break Abby Lath in half after that. But, oh, well. Next up, we have Mercedes Martinez from the USA. Also, they let us know she's a 16-year veteran, much like Princessa Suhey. So again, possibly dating Mercedes Martinez. Because not only does it date them, like you said, but I, I think another danger is you go, wow, she's been wrestling for 16 years? 
Never got a chance in WWE. Yeah, and I've never heard of her before. It, it, there's a lot of negative uh, uh, with, with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, unfortunate. Unfortunately, um, they make a comment also that she is a pre-tournament favorite, and I don't think they said that ever again. I literally think Mercedes Martinez is the only person that Jr. or Lita give credit as being a pre-tournament favorite. So she takes on Zia Lee, representing China, who's actually part of the uh, WWE's Chinese tryout, in which they ended up bringing a lot of Chinese men and women over to the Performance Center. Zia Lee, this is her first time competing in the United States. Uh, she has a kung fu background. And, of course, Mercedes Martinez takes the opportunity to heal it up with a crane kick mockery. Like from Karate Kid. Yeah, I was wondering. I hope I hope Zia's seen Karate Kid. Otherwise, she's not gonna know what the fuck, <laughs> the fuck she's doing. You may have not seen the Karate Kid. That's what I was if thinking. She's like, if she's like a twenty-two-year-old woman who's never left China, it's very possible she hasn't seen a thirty-year-old American film. Yeah. So Mercedes Martinez, let that be a lesson to you. Never assume they get your reference. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, this is actually Zia Lee's uh, first match. Um, again, they have you, they have you believe it's her first match ever. Uh, it's like she's never wrestled <laughs> before ever, but she still looks like a warrior because she's got, she's doing the fan thing, and it, it's like watching Street Fighter. All of a sudden, she's got the fan gimmick going. Dude, dude, I'm telling you, one of my favorite things about this tournament, and I, it, it triggered me when you said Street Fighter because. One of my favorite things about this tournament was one of my favorite things about the Cruiserweight Classic. And it's after the bout, when they have the two of them stand there, and they raise the hand from the winner. If you look at the loser every single time, whether it's for a shoot or or it's a work, their body language looks like the loser <laughs> on Street Fighter. The heavy breathing like, with their head hung low. Exactly. Yeah, Heavy yeah. breathing. Their shoulders are moving up and down way too much. And they're like, that is just repetitive motion. It looks like, you know, 16-bit graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And as we go on, I want to talk about it some more. This whole thing uh, had a had a lot of video game feel to it. Yeah, and I was watching uh, it with, I mean, there's, there's the girl just like a, like a, a captain. There's the girl with yes. the, the fans. And I'm just like, is this just Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken? Like, what's going on here? Right. Um, so, anyway, but I, I thought all of that was great. And that's made me like the tournament even more. Um, but in this match, it's just, it's a lot of kicking offense from Zaya. Uh, you don't get a whole lot from Mercedes Martinez uh, until ultimately Mercedes does uh, slip on that modified uh, dragon sleeper and makes uh, Zaya type out. So uh, she goes on, and Zaya, um, I'm sure we'll see her again. She's an acquisition from China. She's been training for a while. We've seen her at shows, not as a wrestler, but we've seen her just kind of around. Um, so, yeah, she, she's not going anywhere. Next up, we have Rachel Evers representing the United States, taking on Marty Bell representing the Dominican Republic. Rachel Evers, of course, dear listeners, you may know her as Rachel Ellering. Rachel Ellering, uh, who we saw competing at Wrestle Circus, and um, also we learned that she has a bronze medal in powerlifting. I didn't know that until this night. 
So we did learn one thing from Jim Ross and Lita on this night, if nothing else. Well, you know what bronze means, Darren. Second loser? Third place. Wow, you're a mean person. Um, uh, we also find out that uh, that uh, young Rachel, when she was a child, even though she was uh, precious Paul Ellering's child, was not allowed to watch wrestling. That come is on, precious that, Paul. That was very interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know why why he would do that. <laughs> but, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. Paul <laughs> Paul doesn't do house shows. Paul doesn't do house shows, <laughs> Paul doesn't do house shows Darren. You remembered. Good job. I also don't. I also don't know why Marty Bell was representing the Dominican Republic when she clearly lives in New York City, and uh, and her jacket really, says NYC on it. Yeah, but I liked her look. Like she, I really liked her look. I liked her music. She was trained by Johnny Rods, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, Jim Ross kept saying she's got a chip on her shoulder, and I think that. Marty Bell could be something. We know Rachel Ellering is good, and I think Marty Bell could be something, but the match itself... Not so good. It's probably the... I'll say it. I'll say it so you don't have to. It's the worst match out of these first 16 matches. Um, And it's... Yeah, it's not good. The thing is, you have Rachel who wants to wrestle, and you have Marty who wants to, like, showboat, and, and it's... These two styles are just not meshing at all. There's a lot of misconnections and sloppy spots and, and, and bad communication. And it ends in a very sloppy inside cradle on Bell, uh, which means Rachel goes on. But it was just kind of like, next match, next match, quick, quick, quick. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really do uh, a service to either one of these girls. Like, it should have made Rachel Evers look good. It didn't. It just kind of made her look passable. Yeah. And it made Marty Bell look weak because it was not a great match and she lost. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, with her kind of being the heel, it really made her look bad. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's unfortunate. But we do move on to uh, another match, which was, actually, this match was pretty good. I thought the size matchup, the size mismatch up, if you will, of the next match would be a problem. It wasn't. It kind of worked to the advantage, and that's Rhea Ripley of Australia, standing six foot tall, a soccer player from Adelaide, Australia, only 20 years of age, took on Miranda Salinas, representing the USA, straight out of Texas, standing only five feet tall, trained by Booker T. I'd say all, all five but, feet of that, though. Was trying to book a team, man. You ain't gotta have the hot, man. If you got the hot, you feel me? You feel me? <laughs> a foot difference between these girls. Miranda Salinas, a fiery, fiery Latina, taking on Rhea Ripley, who is like a big kid. She actually refers to herself <laughs> as a as a mosh kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of someone to compare her to, but I mean, she's just. I don't know, like, she has those, she has a soccer background, so she has, like, these long, and she's six feet tall, blonde, long blonde hair, and she's got these long limbs, long arms and legs, Um, and, man, she's just, she's got a big future, I mean, she's young, she's good looking, she's talented, I mean, I, I I think there's some good things coming out of her very soon. Yeah, she dominated this entire match, Miranda Salinas and her promo was, like, there is no one who can beat me. 
They all of said that, to be fair. They all they all were like, I'm the best is why. I'm the best. Out, they all be the best because I'm the best. Well, she's one of the worst. Um, <laughs> no, she was only, good. I thought she was actually a pretty good wrestler. No, she was. She was not. She's only one of the worst because she loses in the first round. But she had, this was a good match. I liked it a lot. Um, and that's what I said. It, it actually had, it was better than it had the right to be because that size mismatch spelled disaster, but the match was not a disaster. It was very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Rhea does win. She wins with a full Nelson slam. She dominated the whole match. And like you said, big, big things ought to come from this girl. She's only 20 years old. She's got the look. She's got the ability. She has the energy and the enthusiasm and uh, I'm remarkable. Uh, I'm, I'm already, I'm a Rhea Ripley fan. Like, the, this, this, these 16 matches left me liking certain wrestlers more than I used to. Um, and this also introduced me to some, some, some new wrestling women that I am all about. And Rhea Ripley is definitely one of those. That's what it's supposed to do. Hey, you succeeded. Uh, moving on to two women we know a good deal about, uh, one being Sarah Logan. Uh, Sarah Logan, who's been with NXT for uh, for a little bit of time now. She's She's been uh, on TV before, so fans of NXT are not strangers of hers. Uh, and also, uh, she takes on Mia Yim, formerly known as Jade from TNA, um, and she's pretty well known, so it's cool seeing these two go at it. Yeah, Sarah Logan, also familiar to independent wrestling fans as Crazy Mary Dobson. Crazy Mary, of course. And that was her deal. Mia Yim, who is representing South Korea in this tournament, uh, not only known as Jade in TNA, but also uh, known to Wrestle Circus fans, known to Shimmer fans. She has a black belt in Taekwondo. She was trained for professional wrestling by Yoshihiro Tajiri. Um, this is an excellent excellent matchup super good match really really well done all, all, all the say, credit to all these ladies for sure yeah sarah logan when they went to her promo package way more country than i was expecting her to be they made her country it up yeah apparently she trained in japan i didn't know that she left immediately after high school uh and went to japan to train because she said i am all about Strong style. I'm about fighting spirit, and it was all about Japanese wrestling for her. And so, after wrestling on her uh, high school boys' amateur wrestling team, she left for Japan. And and now, despite being a veteran in her own right, she's only 23 years old. So she's a real life Annie Oakley, basically, is what she is. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, I, I watched so much women's wrestling because I watched, I, I, I binge watched all of this. I, I'm pretty sure you did too. That I watched so much wrestling, women's wrestling. I forgot that men also wrestle, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, more women's match. Oh, the, the guys wrestle too, don't they? Um, so that, that was interesting for me. So this is a good match. Like I said, this might be the best match of round one. It, it was definitely at a glance, it was one of the best matchups. But then once they actually started wrestling, I was like, you know what? This might be the best match. It's definitely one of them. Like, I won't, I won't pinpoint and say it is, but I, I put really good match. And most, most times I just put good match, uh, not a good match, you know. So, <laughs> so really good match with two wasn't... exclamation uh, points. So that, that's a good thing. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. So 
At one point, Sarah Logan screams, off with your head. And I was like, that's different. That's Crazy Mary-E, I'm sure. Yeah, and then uh, Mia Yem then yells, no, off with your head. Right. And then does this weird look. This looks extremely painful. I have no idea what it's called. But basically, Mia grabs Sarah's arm, then puts her boot to the side of her head, and then falls down. Basically, like, basically, it's, it's like a jawbreaker. Only instead, it's with the the foot up in the in the face. And instead of dropping down with the head, you, you drop down with the the boot. Uh, Lita called it the eat the feet. Um, oh, okay. So I don't know. I don't know if Mia Yim calls it that herself, but that's what Lita said. And actually, it was interesting because that's how she finishes off Sarah because she gets the win here against Sarah Logan. Um, you actually see that move repeated later on in a match. I forget which one it is, but it happens again, and it's like, no, that was her move, you fool. Um, uh, now see, there you go. That's what happens when you're trying to book 32 people that you're not used to booking. Yeah, someone does the same move again. It wasn't their finisher, though. It just kind of happened during the match, and I thought, like, well, if that was me AM, this match would be over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, really, really good match. And again, hats off to Sarah Logan and, uh, Mia Yim. Mia Yim was signed by WWE, by the way. So she'll be... Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So she'll, she'll be... One. Yeah, she'll be sticking around. Sarah Logan's already in NXT, so... You'll see more of these two ladies, and I can't wait. I really can't wait to see, especially more of Sarah Logan. Like, I really, I really dig Sarah Logan. Uh, but next up on this night here... From Full Sail University at the May Young Classic, we have Aisha Raymond representing England, taking on Tony Storm representing Australia. Aisha Raymond, well, they said she's over six feet tall. She's a gigantic cat person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you need the cat makeup if you're over six feet tall and? Because I'm I'm surprised that Aaliyah didn't come running down and say the cat thing. That's my gimmick, and, and they get into a a cat fight. Ooh. Oh, hey, uh, Aisha Raymond. Yeah, she's in kind of a gladiator type outfit, but then she's got cat face paint and uh, kind of kind of half Ember Moon, half Aaliyah uh, going on here. Yeah, half Ember Moon, half Aaliyah, half Awesome Kong. That's three halves. <laughs> three halves, yeah. Tony Storm, uh, she's the one that we've seen in a lot of promo packages because she was so her entrance anyway, very gimmicked up. She's got one stripe of eye black on. Um, she's got on like a pinned on weird baby top hat and uh, like a coat with tails. And, uh, you know, just, just very gimmicky entrance. Um, she fancies herself a rock star. I, I, I get kind of like a Bret Michaels poison vibe from her. Oh, why would she want to do that? I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, but she, she does that. Um, but she is... Uh, does she know what year it is? <laughs> in Australia, they don't know what year it is. Uh, formerly, in Australia, though, it's still 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go live there. 86 was a lot of fun. I, I was three. How, how would I know? Um, she is a former Progress Women's Champion, though, Tony Storm. And, uh, I was impressed by her. I really was. I thought it was actually a pretty yeah, good match. Yeah, I was, too. Yeah. Uh, Storm was very athletic. Um, and the, the end is a little, uh, wonky for me because, uh, Aisha goes for a, 
goes for a splash at the top rope, but she wants to to admonish some fans who aren't quite on her side. Um, goes for that splash a little late, which she misses, and uh, Tony rolls her up for the uh, for the pinfall. So it is kind of a uh, all right, <laughs> kind of an end, but you know. They, yeah. they can't all be fantastic finishers, I guess. They can. I mean, but... they, they can, but I guess you want matches to finisher hit, pin, you know, submission, finisher hit, pin. You you want to roll up every now and again, so. Yeah, you got to do some different things, especially a tournament style where it's just boom, boom, match, yeah. match, match. Then someone needs to be counted out. Someone should be disqualified. I mean, Jazzy, Jazzy, you could have had her get disqualified because she's being too aggressive. Let me. There's a lot yeah, of ways to do this. That. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Tony Storm will move on. We will get to see her wrestle again. In the next match, we get to see Dakota Kai representing New Zealand. New Zealand. And uh, she'll be taking on Kavita Devi representing India. She's the first and only Indian woman to ever appear in WWE, trained by the great Kali. She also has a powerlifting background, much like Rachel Evers, she's a.k.a. Got, Rachel Ellering. She's got some guns, for sure. That that woman is legit strong. Yeah, and uh, she she's, she's huge. Like, she is strong. She is dominant. Um, she seems a little bit clumsy. A little clumsy, right? Uh, not, not very graceful. Well, powerlifters uh, aren't known for their grace, Darren. Also, she went to school at the uh, the Great Kali School. He just teaches you how to be very tall and clumsy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny you say that because I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> is she just imitating the way the Great Kali walks? <laughs> like, don't, don't, no, 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 no. Just listen to his instruction. Don't try to imitate him. Yeah, she just went home and watched a bunch of tapes. Basically, you go to his school, you give him like 500 bucks, he gives you like a couple of tapes, and you go home and watch them, and then that's your education, so. Uh, Well, that's a waste of money. Oh, no, no. But uh, one thing, Lita said that uh, Kavita Devi was a full, like, quote, and I quote Lita, a full contact fighter. What does that mean? Because they make a point to say that she's never wrestled before, right? But she does have experience. She was a she was a full contact fighter. She wears contacts when she fights. Is uh, what Lita was trying to get at. She wears and she wears full contacts. She wears full contacts and all the isolation. No, I really was curious what that meant though, because like, are you saying that wrestling is not full contact? Like you're saying that like wrestling is not full contact, and probably a lot of other fighting isn't quote unquote full contact. The hell does that mean, Lita? Lita, are you saying wrestling is fake? Did you just say wrestling is fake on the May Young I Classic? Think Lita said wrestling is fake. Well, she better watch out because Gavita, Gavita's tough, and she actually uh, does a military press slam on Dakota Kai, picks her, picks her up. I mean, Dakota Kai is not very big, but still, military pressing anyone is uh, is is impressive to me. Um, and, Dakota uh, Kai, another one of the girls where they show a lot of shimmer footage. Oh, yeah. Jim Ross talks about the fact that she's been on WWE radars for the last three years. They've been trying to sign her, or at least have been scouting her heavily. And they also mentioned that she's a 10-year veteran. 
Yeah, she's old. And she really, she just she really doesn't discount. look it. No, no, no. She looks very young and very... She, she calls herself the girl next door, and she totally looks like a girl next door. Um, also, she wears all the, like, the... Those are pastels, would you call that? Her, her uh, attire. Not pastels, just, like, florals. Okay. See, see, you're the guy that, that describes. I'm the guy that's like, uh, he wore a cloth pants, uh... Um, she wore a cloth pants. She wore a cloth pants, and and she does. Um, <laughs> this is mostly yeah. uh, this is mostly Kavita though getting off getting offense in on Dakota Kai, just kind of taking it because uh, Kavita is just so much bigger than she is. Eventually, though, Dakota does rally and does one hell of a kick to the face when um, Kavita's in the corner, uh, which leads to Dakota Kai jumping on the top rope and coming down with a coup de gras coming down with both feet first onto Kavita and getting the pin. Kind of an upset here because you wouldn't think Dakota Kai would get the victory, but she does. Yeah, she, that double stomp, that coup de gras, she got some incredible height and some hang time on that one. Like, And I, and I said before, you got to be super careful with that move. Yeah, you and can murder somebody. Because, well, you can kill somebody and... Or you can kill somebody or... You could make, or it could just look really terrible. Okay. Somehow you have to make it look real and not terrible, but not kill someone. So good for her in pulling this one off. This uh, Dakota Kai was another example I, I felt of like a living video game. Like you know the her especially her entrance music and her giving the peace sign and like a lot of her poses were just like. Wow, this is a fighting video game. It's a fighting game. Are you are you just Cammy from Street Fighter? Like the, right, the, the exactly. happy jumping around and all that. Yeah. But Dakota Kai moves on. Kavita Devi, better luck next time. Womp, 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 womp. Next, Sage Beckett of the USA takes on Bianca Belair of the USA. Sage Beckett. What can I say about Sage Beckett? I can say a lot. Sage Beckett, good friend of SoCal Val. Uh-huh. SoCal Val, a friend of the show, the yes. whole reference show. Correct. Sage Beckett, when she was in TNA, she was known as Rosie Lotta Love. Um, she's also known as Andrea. Um, Jim Ross tells us she has four college degrees. She was trained as a wrestler by the Dudleys at the 3D Academy. 3D Academy, where a lot of folks have gone to get their training, including friend of the show, Teddy Stigma. That's right. Right. Uh, also, so that that's a lot of the background. There's a lot of the Sage Beckett's background. Now the, now the really confusing things. Remember the brief uh, thing where she was Russian for a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the NXT house show circuit, she was working a Russian manager gimmick. Right. She was Rusev without being Rusev. Right. And I was like, "Uh And then also, what's up with her fingertips? It's like, did she dye her fingertips or something? Like, painted her fingertips? I don't mean her fingernails. I mean, like, her entire fingertips were, like, dark green or black or something. I noticed that, yeah. And then also she she said of herself, I am a shaman. And I was like, oh, are you now? Are you? <laughs> are you a shaman? Okay. Well, nothing in the rule book in wrestling says you can't use magic against your opponent. Though I guess 
when Papa Shango was around, they kind of probably added it somewhere. <laughs> so maybe her dyed fingertips have something to do with maybe some spells that she's casting, or I don't know. But Well, uh, well she tries I'd to like... cast a spell on Bianca Belair, and uh, it doesn't work. No, Bianca Belair, who we have gotten to know because she has a an incredibly long braid, which she whips you with. She uses her hair as a weapon. Also very fighting game. But say also very video gamey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jim Ross lets us know, because he can't help himself, that she was a champion college athlete at three different SEC universities and that she was uh, in the top five in the nation as a track and field athlete in the uh, in the hurdles, she's very athletic. But it must have been really tough for Jim Ross because it's it's thirty two women who have never played football, uh, <laughs> so he can't talk about all their college football uh, glory. Uh, I, he, will, he loves I, doing I am surprised Sarah Logan did not play college football. But it's it's a decent match between uh, Sage and uh, Bianca. I'm not fully on board with Sage Beckett. Um, but uh, Bianca is very athletic. This is another uh, instance where someone goes for a big person goes for a splash and misses, and the other person just kind of capitalizes on it. Bianca hits her with the hair uh, after she misses the splash, and then uh, the Vader bomb, the Vader bomb, if you will. Oh yeah, and then uh, Bianca hits Sage with the spear, another spear, and uh, a pin. So two spear finishers. What am I gonna do? I'm, I'm not used to this. I can't. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Um, but yeah, so two very similar finishes in that they <laughs> two exact same uh, finishes. But uh, Bianca Bel- uh, Belair is actually really good. I'm looking forward to seeing her fight. Someone else who moves a bit better than uh, Sage Beckett does. So Next up, we have Santana Garrett representing the United States, taking on Piper Niven representing Scotland. So Piper really healing it up. I didn't expect her to be the heel, but she definitely was healing it up in this match. Santana was playing babyface to the extreme. They kept calling her the Wonder Woman of wrestling. You know, you know, it's calling her that, don't you? She is. <laughs> she is <laughs> because she dresses that way. Um, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really think Piper was a heel. It was more like Piper just kind of being the big girl. And it's like, oh, I got to fight Miss Perfect now. So, like, automatically, it's almost like Santana's the heel automatically. You know what I mean? Really? That that, that, that was my whole thing. I just kind of, I don't know. Piper was just kind of, kind of seemed like she was the heel to me. Wow. Well, well, yeah, Santana, she was just staying humble. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Hey, man. Humble, humble Garrett. They should call her Humble Garrett. <laughs> Santana hits, like, a couple of moves in a row that look like finishers. And, uh, like... And I was like, uh, are you, are those finishers? Are you going to win this match? And then like, she goes for like a third one. That's going to be like a backflip splash. And, uh, like, a like a moonsault of, 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 of sorts. Uh, but she misses that. And that allows Piper to then devastate her. <laughs> she hits her with like, it looks like it's going to be like a senton bomb, but then like, she also raises her arms with like an elbow like a senton elbow, and then picks her up and drops her on her head with a Michinoku driver and the one, two, three. And I was like, damn. Yeah, I thought it it was actually a really good match, I thought. Um, Yeah, 
It was. And uh, Santana hits Piper. Was that a hurricanrana off the top rope that she hits on Piper? Uh, it was kind of a Frankensteiner, or a... it was just kind of a like a like a I don't know like a head scissor takedown. It yeah, was not... from the top rope. Yeah, I couldn't quite. I was like, oh, I haven't played No Mercy in a long time. I can't tell if this is a, a Frankensteiner, or a Karana, a, a Steinerizer. I don't know what this is, but anyway, it was impressive for Piper to get the full flip out from the top rope um, because Piper is a, a big girl. Poor thing, her her uh, her wardrobe. Notice her wardrobe. The the match. Uh, she had like the like the I want to say like bungee cord, whatever those were on the side, right. um, like the little lace or whatever. But like, sure. you can tell she didn't do it properly on one side, so it was loose the whole time. And then eventually, oh. eventually, it all went to hell. Like it was all just like <laughs> it, it was it was bad. But I was I was super impressed by both of them. Santana. You know, Santana Garrett, we saw her at Fest Wrestling, Pickle in the Tree, uh, live and in person. And, I mean, she's a solid wrestler. There's, there's not a lot of bad things you can say about Santana Garrett as a wrestler. So, And Piper Nevin, I've never seen wrestle before, and she might have some weight on her, but, man, she can move. She She's like a fucking female Bam Bam Bigelow, man. She can move. So I, yeah, I, I enjoyed sure. this match. So Yeah, and so with Piper Nevin getting the victory, I'm anxious to see her continue fighting here i, I want to see her in some other matchups on the on this thing Agreed. and uh, just to, just as a reminder dear listeners part two of this will be next week we will cover all the other rounds because all the other rounds combined is actually one match less than this first round and so <laughs> That's why we're splitting it up into two weeks because otherwise we'd be discussing 31 matches and we would literally be taking up your entire day. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd like it if you listen to us all day, yeah. but just in case you don't have that much free time, we're going to, we're going to split it up between this week and next. Absolutely. And that's also why we're not going into too much detail about the matches themselves. We could, we could do blow by blow, play by play, but odds are if you cared enough to watch it, you would just watch it. So, you know, obviously you're going to get our keen observations and uh, outcomes and uh, and what have you. So with that, we actually enter the final episode of the first round, uh, the final four matches, which begin with uh, Renee Michelle uh, taking on Candice LeRae. Now, I don't know who booked Renee versus LeRae, but <laughs> I, I kind of want to slap him on the wrist and say, what the fuck were you thinking? That's like Roman versus Strowman. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to say, don't walk away, Renee. <laughs> it does. It makes you want to say that. It does. But Roman Strowman, Roman versus Strowman does not. Roman but, Strowman? No. But Renee Michelle and Candice LeRae, both representing the United States, Renee Michelle makes a point of saying that she is specifically representing Washington, D.C. And uh, she says that she is an MMA veteran. And then JR and Lita, again, I liked their commentary. They did a great job. They provided some insight. It was fresh to hear a woman's voice. And JR was better than he was with New Japan. Okay, I've said all that to say, what the fuck are they talking about? When they, they spent like the entire match talking about Renee Michelle's ethnicity. <laughs> I noticed that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as soon as JR said, well, her ethnicity is interesting, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. 
Um, but yes, JR does mention that she's uh, one-third Native American, one-third African-American, one-third Puerto Rican. Which, by the way, which, by the way, turned out uh, nice. <laughs> she's really pretty looking. Yeah, no, no, she absolutely is. I just thought that was odd to do. Right. Uh, they also point out that Candace LeRae is a 15-year veteran. <laughs> but they say that she started at age 16. So while they are dating her, they're letting us know how early she started. They also talk about how she's a professional baker, which Jim Ross said, wow, we know that's near and dear, dear to my heart. <laughs> like, what? Also doesn't help that Candace LeRae has got like her hair dyed white. Um, so she looks older. Um, no, but I thought it looked awesome no no it looks fine but i'm saying like they're going like oh she's been wrestling for 50 years look at the old look at that old head (laughs) and she's a baker because that's all her brittle bones can handle doing um she's mrs claus (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking forward to a time when jim ross is so senile he's saying things like that oh god i can't wait what's already kind of happening so it is kind of already happening. Uh, at the start of this match, I thought, oh, crap, this is going to be a terrible mismatch in terms of ability because Renee Michelle looked like she was walking in oatmeal. She was moving so slowly. And Candace, <laughs> and Candace LeRae, we know, is an exceptional talent. She's a mover. She's a mover and a shaker for sure. But I, I thought this was actually a really good match. Uh, well, it turned out to be. Like I said, at first I was afraid because I was like, uh oh! But then it, it totally, totally, totally came around. And uh, Renee Michelle, you know, she is representing Washington D.C. She is one third Native American, and she looked like it. She lo- she looked like she was wearing a Washington Redskins that's, mascot. Outfit. That's what I thought. Also, yeah, that was interesting because it's the 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 crimson and the 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 gold. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't say Redskins, or you're not supposed to say Redskins. Not supposed so. to, not supposed to. But hopefully, these two will, will start a tag team called the Renee Larray Connection. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but seriously, uh, Candice Larray does get the win on this one. Uh, she hits the what Lita referred to as the Wild Ride, which is Miss a Miss Larray's Wild Ride. Miss Larray's Wild Ride. Uh, I guess a play off of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, hits the swinging neck breaker from the second rope onto uh, Renee Michelle and gets the one, two, three. Uh, and it was cool that Johnny Gargano, her husband, uh, formerly of DIY, was in the front row cheering her on. I like that that was a revolving revolving seat of people. Like, oh, yeah. look at that, it's Alexa Bliss. Oh, look at that, it's Johnny Gargano. <laughs> like, yeah. like, they're not there for the whole thing. They're just there for that five-second camera spot, but... Anyway, uh, but oh, good match, and uh, Candice LeRae moves on. The the savvy old lady, Candice LeRae, uh, she moves on. Hopefully not, not you know, after her bedtime, because she's so old. <laughs> Thanks, JR. Thanks, JR. So next up, we have Tainara Conti, representing Brazil, taking on Lacey Evans of the United States. Tainara Conti, a.k.a. Tay Conti, I thought was a natural born baby face, but nope. Nope. This chick's healing it up. They talk about how she is a 15-year judo veteran, um, which Jim Ross then says she started when she was seven years old, so that would make her only 22. Uh, Tay Conti herself lets us know she's the first Brazilian woman 
to ever be in the WWE. And, uh, man, she heals it up before, during, and after this match. Um, some real, real eat-shit-and-die looks on her face. Yeah, if there wasn't any heat between Brazil and America, there is now. With yeah. the, Because Lacey Evans, very patriotic, uh, former Marine, uh, former drill sergeant. Um, and now, uh, I guess let's just say North America versus South America. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Lacey Evans, who calls herself the lady of NXT, looking like a million bucks in her red, white, and blue, as always. You know, like we've said from the very beginning, we can't tell, like, she's a total World War II throwback, but it's like, is she the, uh, like, the pinup girl painted on the side of the plane, or is she the damn pilot? I Six of one... Half dozen the other. Right. We we've said that from the beginning, um, absolutely. But looks wise, the I mean, God, she's super fit, and uh, I, I like her outfit. I, I like everything about her. Her offense is very cool too. She does that little. Uh, she actually got uh, Tanara into the sitting in the corner, and uh, Lacey pops up and does a handstand, basically a headstand on the uh, top turnbuckle, and comes down with a with a sort of Bronco Buster. Thought that yes. was a pretty cool move. Also, the they're laying next to each other in the ring, and and uh, Lacey does like a just kind of pops up handstand into like a little splash, which I thought was really really cool. Like right. just, the the stuff that she thinks of to do is actually really really cool and uh, innovative. Now, exactly. Now tell me though, what is that finisher? I don't know, but ultimately she I... gets Tanara into a fireman's carry, and basically works it until. She, she has Tainara on her back, and it's kind of like a reverse pile driver, almost. I'd say. I, I think the most. It, it's also the, the way Tainara takes it, where she kind of she kind of finds herself a bit more un, like between Lacey's legs, facing up toward Lacey. Yeah, it's like what was that? If let, let's say that if 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 Tainara were turned the other way and they were back to back in that same predicament. It would be like that move that Shane Helms did when he was in WCW. <laughs> the the <laughs> the be pinned. <laughs> was it wait? What was that? Was it called the Vertebreaker? I think so. That sounds about right. Or was that something else? I don't recall. But it's not that. Instead, she's there. It's belly to back, and I I just can't figure out what it is. It's like it's like a reverse double underhook. Uh, driver of sorts. It, it's interesting, but I think they need to figure out the execution a bit better because it, it takes a little while to, to set up. And, and it, it needs a name. And it so needs a name. So it can stop being a combination of six different moves and just be the move that it is. That literally is what it was. It was like, well, it's this, into this, into this, and the victory. Either way, Lacey Evans picks up the win, and uh, Tanara is not too happy about it. I think she's kind of she kind of it's <laughs> still giving shitty looks and uh you know what's funny like cuz she's adorable like yeah, that's yeah. the thing she's pretty she's, she's like she's cute as a button like but she when she has that like pissed off look <laughs> all i could think of was gizmo from gremlins <laughs> i was like she's a pissed off gizmo like she's angry gizmo oh cuz that's what she looks like she's like I am so cute and angry. Well, hope she never hears I, this broadcast because she could murder both of us with bare hands. Probably. Right. 
Moving she's on. She's a judo master. Yeah, she is a judo master. Uh, moving on to the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the penultimate match of the evening. Is that what you That's say? That's right. Oh, the man. penultimate match of the evening, oh, dear Lord. listeners. Don't don't give at it the May Young Classic. Don't give it too much because it's not a great match. Um, Nicole Savoy, uh, who was dubbed the Queen of Suplexes, uh, takes on uh, Reina Gonzalez. Reina Gonzalez, who we've seen in a couple of house shows, and man, I still hate that outfit. I hate bad. that it's outfit. Bad. It looks like all right. Go to Walmart and and get some fabric and make a, a wrestling outfit. Okay, and you, you also you right. have an hour to do it, so you know. To, in case, dear listeners, in case you did not watch the May Young Classic, or you've never seen Reina Gonzalez, or you have not heard us describe it before, uh, Perry's right on. That's exactly what it looks like. He just went and got some fabric and sewed some stuff together. But I think the idea is that she has like regular wrestling trunks on, like regular women's bottoms, like bathing suit bottoms. But then. She has some very loose, very thin and flimsy, like the same material. It's like black, flowy spandex. Um, but it's cut in sort of the design of chaps. Yeah. But it looks like the world's crappiest pair of chaps. And, and, a, and a, like a vest, she had it. It's not a good look. I, I, what I say is, go ahead, take the chaps idea... And do like Shawn Michaels did when he finally got rid of the tights. Or do something like Kevin Nash always did. Go ahead, get some real leather pants with some tassels, some fringe, something that looks kind of like chaps, and just wrestle in those. Absolutely. I agree. I completely agree. With her height and her build and her whole like Tex-Mex vibe with the cowboy hat, those would be perfect pants. But what she's doing right now ain't working. No, but it ain't working. And uh, what ain't working for me is Nicole Savoy, who is the queen of suplexes, does <laughs> not one suplex this entire match. She is dominated by uh, Rana Gonzalez throughout the entire match uh, until eventually Nicole Savoy does uh, manage to uh, get a cross arm breaker onto uh, Rana, making her tap out. But it was just like, wait a minute, queen of suplexes didn't do any suplexes? What the fuck just happened? Um, so there, there's that. Yeah, Nicole Savoy, the queen of suplexes, no, no suplexes. They, uh, Jr. did try and like make an excuse for her, saying that she was favoring her knee, and Gonzalez was, you know, so big that it was just basically impossible. You know, just the fact that Gonzalez was the size that she was kind of precluded Savoy from being able to employ her typical offense. I mean, who knows? But that's what Jr. said. Jr. also let us know that um, Savoy was trained by Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett, who is Jim Ross's commentary partner for New Japan Pro Wrestling on uh, the Access Network. And if you know me and you've listened to our coverage of New Japan, I think Josh Barnett needs to stick uh, to training wrestlers and not commentating for wrestling. Wow. Mean, uh, mean, mean, man. Reina Gonzalez uh, does tap out to the cross arm breaker, the second generation uh, NXT star who was a former college basketball player, takes the fall here, does not move on, and Nicole Savoy does. But she's signed. She'll be around. 
that leads us to the uh, I would say the main event, but the most probably the most looked forward to match of the evening, uh, where Tessa Blanchard, uh, the daughter of Tully Blanchard, yeah, diamonds are forever, takes on Kyrie Sane from Japan. Now, Kyrie Sane, earlier you said that no one was really favored as to win the uh, the tournament like uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez was. Uh, actually, I heard them say that she was. She was a big okay. fan favorite to win. Um, so, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've never heard of her before until this. Um, I'm just like, well, I don't think the captain girl is going to go very far. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how, how much I know uh, from uh, yeah, because because looks can be deceiving. Dan is what I'm trying to say. Looks can be deceiving. This match is uh, is good. This match is very, very good. Tessa Blanchard. I mean, what can you say about Tessa Blanchard? She is very athletic. Uh, very, very fit, very strong, great ring technician. I mean, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with Tessa Blanchard that I could see. Um, no, absolutely not. I mean, she's a third-generation star. Her grandfather, Joe Blanchard, her father, Tully Blanchard of the Four Horsemen. And and, so, and I, I actually, here's another thing I learned from Jim Ross. Jim Ross actually did have some good uh, things to say on the show. I did not realize that even though Tessa is the daughter of Tully Blanchard, she was basically raised by her mother and her mother's second husband, Magnum T.A. Old Magnum, yeah, man. So who knew? I didn't. Jim Ross obviously knew, but I never knew that. So, yeah, just even more wrestling in Tessa Blanchard's life. She uh, obviously destined to enter the wrestling business herself. Kyrie Sane is the only Japanese competitor out of these 32 and I did not think that was going to be the case. And then when she said it, when Kyrie Sane said it about herself, I was like, wow, she really, she is the only Japanese wrestler. Yeah. You know, there's some Chinese wrestlers, South Korean, but Kyrie Sane is the only uh, Japanese representative. Well, speaking of Japanese representatives, she has uh, her very own Japanese representative waiting in the, uh, in the revolving seat of people you may know. <laughs> Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is ringside to uh, cheer her on. Um, you mean the artist? The artist, the uh, the 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 dancer, the uh, the mason. Uh, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura, um, the candlestick maker, the candlestick maker, the baker, the Quaker. Oh, not the baker. That's Candice LeRae. Oh, that's that's true. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. So yeah, this this is a uh, a stellar match, uh, worthy of being the final match of the first round. Really, really good stuff out of both these uh, competitors. Uh, Sane is very quick. Uh, a lot of her offense kind of happened on the fly. Um, I think she even does a spear at some point. Uh, and it's like, oh, yes, why not? Does. Everyone else is, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tessa Blanche has got some good stuff. But ultimately, uh, Sane comes off that top rope with the diving elbow drop onto oh, Tessa Blanchard. Crap. And uh, she gets the win. She beat Tessa Blanchard, who was obviously a favorite also going into this. Uh, very interesting having these two go head-to-head. Head-to-head. Considering uh, who they are. Tessa Blanchard, you would assume, would get you know a ways in before she was eliminated because you want to see yeah. the most of her. But I have a feeling she'll be back pretty quick. I hope so. I really want to see Tessa Blanchard in NXT because this is not enough. I'm not... I'm not happy with this. I need her to go ahead and uh, get on a bigger stage. Uh, I really, really dig her. I, I just I need to see more Tessa Blanchard. 
She, you know, all her offense in this match is very brutal. She did a bunch of like brutal, brutal stuff to Kyrie Sane, and uh, Kyrie did hit that one running blockbuster. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then of course that elbow drop, which they called the sailing the seas elbow drop. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah, that is brutal. So this was a, I mean, this was a hard hitting contest between these women. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I hated to see Tessa Blanchard go, but I kind of like seeing Kyrie Sane move on as well. So I'm with you. I wish they had both been able to make it into the second round so we could at least have seen a second match out of Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's One bad thing about this is uh, you have 32 women, a lot of them very qualified to be in NXT and even WWE, even at this point. I'm sure all the women at NXT were like, yay, 32 other women's great <laughs> i love it so uh that's it that's our coverage from round one of the may young classic a lot of great stuff in there a lot of great competitors and uh we're hoping wwe signs uh, quite a few of them and it's gonna really uh jumpstart that nxt women's uh division for sure not that there's any issues uh now with oscar moving on and vacating the title i think there's gonna be a lot more a lot more emphasis on the women's division um, and just the women wrestlers in general. Um, so looking forward to it. And uh, what do you think, Darren? Yeah, I, I really, uh, now that you're mentioning the NXT women's title, I hope that with Asuka uh, relinquishing that belt, that they don't get hung up on the idea of another undefeatable champion. I'd really like to see a great deal of competition for it. Um, Obviously, they don't need to do a tournament because that's like, uh, you know, why didn't we just make this tournament be for the belt? Because um, that, that, that would be like an ultimate fuck you to the NXT women who have been there forever. Oh, like, man. yeah, you guys, you know how you guys weren't champion for over a year? Yeah, you're still not going to be champion because these new people, uh, they're going to be champion. But So I, I, I totally understand that, actually. Yeah, but I hope that the NXT title does get um, a lot of action in that women's division. I hope that it's a big struggle at the top to see who gets it first. And then I hope that they like they defend it against a variety of opponents, not just keep you know the same person. I mean, because there's so many people right now automatically that deserve it, like uh, you know Ember Moon, Ruby Riot, Nikki Cross. Peyton Royce or Billy Kay would be fine as the champion. There's just a, there's so much talent. I mean, even down to you know Sarah Logan and Lacey Evans already, they are ready for that belt, man. Yeah. Um, to me, there are, any of the women could hold that title. The uh, solution, right the solution's easy, Darren. More women's titles. You get about twenty women's belts out there. <laughs> I think that would be very, very cool. Um, <laughs> So uh, that is it. Hope you guys enjoyed our coverage of the first round of the May Young Classic. Did you? Did you not? Let us know. How can you let us know? Well, there are a lot of ways to let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. Uh, follow, of course. Uh, send us an email if you want, if you are so inclined, uh, to the whole Refn Show at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com or... Or you can find us on Instagram. 
We are the whole reppin' show. The whole reppin' show on Instagram. Come check out all our pretty pictures and leave us comments. Like it. We'll like your pictures. We'll have discussions about the pictures that we post. And of course, that's one more way that you can find out about the new episodes being posted and what the topics are as we always post that on Friday or Saturday on Instagram. So find us on Instagram at The Whole Reference Show. That is correct. And that just about does it for us here at The Whole Reference Show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. On behalf of myself, Perry Smith. I am Darren Beasley. And we're going to see you next week, folks. And next week, you will hear part two of our coverage of the Mae Young Classic. That will be all the rest of the rounds up to the championship match. Yes, you will. Until then, folks, goodbye. Just thought I'd bring you folks up to date on that so you can get it.